0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. That's
1: what I'm talking about. Thank you so much for being here today. I love each and every one of you. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome to all of our friends watching online. Let our High rich family welcome you in with a big round of applause. Good morning, everybody. So glad that you're watching, to my Aunt Ann, to my mom, to my dad, to uh, Miss Roxy, to all of you watching from all over the place. Hey, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you made it. Grab your Bibles if you would. Genesis chapter 3 is where we're going to start. We're going to end in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So Genesis 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I think God's gonna speak to us as we do that. And so as we're turning, I wanna just say thank you for your generosity. You guys are an amazing giving church. We're able to make a difference all around the world because of what you give here financially. I just wanna say on behalf of all of those that we're reaching, the lives that are being changed, thank you so much for being a generous church. I'm so thankful to be a part of that. I'm thankful that we don't have to worry at the end of every month how we're gonna take care of the next month. And there are so many that are struggling right now in difficult financial situations. And because of your obedience, Because of your generosity, we do not have to worry. We're able to give more and to do more. And that means the world to me. You take a huge weight off of my mind, but I don't have to worry about money. And I'm so grateful for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. So let's keep on going with our series called In the Tension. Somebody say, In the Tension. Part three. We're talking about how uh, God created this perfect creation. The Garden of Eden God did everything perfectly. He looks back on creation and said, Behold, it is good. And then man comes along and messes it up. Awkward. It gets tense. Man creates tension with the constant need to disobey. Now, don't be so hard on them. If, you, if, if they wouldn't have done it, you would have. I promise you. And if you didn't, I would have. I would have screwed it up for all of us. I promise you that because I haven't, I don't even know what the term behave means. I'm not sure how you behave, but I'm, I'm not that guy. And uh, let me just tell you, if there's tension to be created, I will do it because I know me. And some of you, we are, we are sisters from another mister. And we create tension, uh, especially in the most awkward of moments. Where are my friends that find a reason to laugh when it is not appropriate? Anybody else? Yeah. There are people that I cannot sit next to. I will cause trouble. I've gone to bosses before and told them, hey, you got to keep me busy because I know me. And no disrespect to you, but I will cause trouble. I cause trouble because I get bored. I've got some, I got some attention deficit issues. i got some OCD issues. i got a bunch of initials. And I get it. I know me. But I like me. You're not going to like me if you don't keep me busy. I will create tension. I will make it awkward. I will find hilarious things at the worst possible moments. I laugh at funerals. I'm sorry. Especially if the person's saved and I know where they're going, I think of the good stuff. And I start remembering it and other people, they're not with me. They they ain't on my level. And so they might be crying because they miss somebody and I'm like, (laughs) I, I know me. There are people I can't sit next to. Don't let me sit next to any of my family members at any funeral. Don't let me sit next to my brother, because I'll start, and he'll start, and I'll just see which one of us can get in trouble first, so we can blame the other one. Like, it's not me. <laughs> there was a funeral recently. I sat next to my brother, and we started cracking up. I don't even remember what we were cracking up about, but halfway through the funeral, you know, people are, are super, super sad, and it's hardcore. I mean, but this is an old guy that loved the Lord, former pastor, and I'm there, and they should have let me speak, because I'd have been I'd have been Have. I'd have beenhave. I, I told you, I don't know how to make it work. Behave? Be, I don't know. I would have, you gotta keep me busy. And halfway through, all I could see was the guy's nose was sticking out over the coffin. I, I, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, that look, his nose is poking out over the top of the coffin. That looks, that's kind of funny to me. I know people are crying. I'm trying to keep it together. And then I'll start looking at my brother, he starts looking at me and he's like, you know, they you ever had those people that give you that look? They're just like, and you're like, you see what I see? He goes, a coffin shark. I don't even remember what it was, but we start going, and man, we're, we are we're giggling, and we start laughing, and we're shaking, the pew's shaking, and people are looking at us like, are they crying? I'm like, it's so, so sad, I'm sorry. And then my mom reaches over and pinches me on my leg, I'm like, I am a grown man, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? I'm like, you raised me. You, you know what's wrong with me. If this is you. You are paying for your raise. This is who I am. I like it. You, you set me next to him. And we started going out, We started laughing. And then there's a guy that turns around in front of us. He said, excuse me. And I said, what'd you do? <laughs> that, that didn't help. I, I create awkwardness. I get it. I know me. I'm sorry. You should keep me busy. <laughs> find, me something, find me something to do or I'm going to find something to laugh about. I will make the tension. I am that person. And probably so are you. If there's something perfect, you'll screw it up. I'll screw it up. I'll find a way to do it. I know me. I get it. And here we have this perfect creation. And Eve finds a way to disobey God and create tension in the middle of perfection. The Bible says that Satan comes in Genesis chapter three and begins to have a conversation with this woman. And he gets her to question the authority of the word of God. He gets her to say... I'm not sure if God did say that. You know what? He may be right. And he begins to say stuff like, no, this is, this is good for you. This is what God wants for you. Doesn't God want good things? Isn't he a good God? And in Genesis chapter three, look at this in verse five. The serpent said this to Eve, for God knows that when you eat from this tree, your eyes are going to be opened. You're going to be like God. And just pause there for a moment. Isn't that a good thing? Aren't we called to be more like God. He said, this is a good thing. This is how you do what God wants you to do. This is how you fulfill your purpose. Through disobedience. You're going to be just like God. The ends justify the means. He says, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining, look at the next word and say it with me, wisdom. We're going to talk about wisdom and disobedience today. When she saw that the fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And in the process of that disobedience, tension comes into perfection. Now, when we mention the word obedience, that may be a, uh, may be a little bit different to you than it is to the person sitting next to you. Some of us have, uh, have not had the ideal parents. And so when we talk about obeying authority or being in obedience that comes with uh, with, a, with a hard a hard pass from you. Others, obedience is not that big of a deal. It's easy for us to recognize wisdom. Like, sure, that, that's probably smart. You may know more than I do. It's easy for us to obey. Some of us, it doesn't come that easy. Others of us get in trouble at funerals. Doesn't matter what you do. But as we're talking about today, there's a tension that will come if we're not ter- if we're not careful, and it will make wisdom the enemy of obedience. See, often it's not what you know that's good. It's not the information that you can get that's good. It's not the wisdom that you can collect that's good. It's the obedience that's good. I want you to recognize the thirst for gaining wisdom outside of the boundaries of God led to a very dangerous place. I think many of us find ourselves in the same place today. If we're not careful, wisdom becomes the enemy. Of obedience, You see, wisdom has a way of looking for the shortcut, but honestly, obedience is the shortcut. So I want to give you three things about relieving the tension between wisdom and obedience. Three things that help us solve this human condition, the, the, the part of our hearts that constantly wants to create tension between us and God with what we know and what we think is best and what God said. And here's the better question, how do you know? How do you know? So there are three things that I think are very important. You might want to write these down. These are going to help you. Three things to help us relieve the tension between wisdom and obedience. Here's the first of three. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. Number one, wisdom is good. Obedience is better. Wisdom is good. Obedience is better. Now, I understand there's a book of the Bible, Proverbs, that is just full of wise sayings. It's a collection of wisdom. Solomon helps put this together. David writes some. Moses writes some. It's a collection of a lot of wisdom. There are scriptures like, sell all that you have and get wisdom. Get understanding. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Wisdom is good. Wisdom is good. Get wise. The Bible talks about Solomon. Solomon. Being the wisest man that ever lived, he asked God for wisdom, and it was a good thing. It pleased the Lord to give him wisdom. I need wisdom. You need wisdom. But I want you to recognize that right after the book of Proverbs comes a book called Ecclesiastes. And in this, we find the battle of depression with the wisest man that ever lived, because wisdom without obedience becomes dangerous. You can have all the wisdom in the world, but if you step outside of a relationship with God where you're doing what God has called you to do, you're in dangerous territory. Wisdom... Is different than obedience. Just because I know, just because I've been told, doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Right. Are there times that you were sure that your kids understood exactly what you asked them to do, and they still disobeyed? But I, but I understood you. Like that's not what I asked you to do. I didn't ask you to understand. I asked you to do it. Right? right? Yeah. Wisdom is good. Obedience is better. The best way I can explain this to people is. Um, There's two kinds of people, not just dogs and cat lovers. There are people that know that Michael Jordan is the goat, and there are people that need to get saved. There are people that still tell me that LeBron is better. I'm like, you don't understand, young buck. You weren't weren't around during the day, I'm just telling you. If you want to talk about assists, you want to talk about rebounds, I'll give the edge to LeBron, I will. You want to talk about longevity and playing a lot more games, I'll give the edge to LeBron, sure, all day long. I, I get it. But Jordan is better in every way. I don't care. This ain't about rebounds and assists and more games played. This is about greatness every night. Every night. I'm just telling you, everything about Jordan was greater than LeBron. He, look at the haircut. At least Jordan could embrace his baldness and wear it proudly. And he's shine that thing up every night. LeBron still paints that black stuff on top of his head. And then he starts sweating and it starts running down the side. You're like, you need a little touch up on the old wax job there, buddy. Living in denial, like that hairline that keeps running away from his face. I can say it. Look at me. I don't have a forehead. I got a five head. But I ain't trying to cover it up or paint over it. You ever seen people that do that? Some of you. This is a word. If Michael Jordan could do it, you can too, boo-boo. LeBron is good. Michael's better. Let the church say amen. Everybody else, we're going to have a prayer service for you later on. We're going to lay hands on you and get you delivered. (laughs) Wisdom is good. Obedience is better. Solomon, with all the wisdom in the world, steps outside of the will of God with disobedience and walks into a very dangerous place. You see, wisdom without obedience is dangerous. Dangerous. Wisdom outside of a relationship with God, can become very dangerous. You can do the wisest thing ever and end up with some foolish results because you're disobedient. So uh, I, I was looking at, I mean, I could honestly give you 10 or 15 different examples in Scripture of people that had a lot of wisdom that did some really foolish things. And it cost them dearly. It led them into a very dangerous spot. Uh, Moses. The Bible says the people start complaining to Moses as they're being led through the desert and they're like, we don't have any water. So he asks God, God, give me wisdom, show me what to do. God says, strike the rock. He strikes a rock and the rock splits open, water starts pouring out. Here just a few days later, flip over the next chapter, they start complaining about water again and Moses is like, I don't need to pray about this, I got this, I got some wisdom. I've seen this happen before. Let me tell you what to do, I'm gonna strike the old rock again. And God's like, I will never let you see the promised land. You cannot have the purpose I created for you because you would not listen. Disobedience cost him. He didn't see the whole picture, what God was asking him to do, and it cost him dearly. Wisdom without obedience becomes dangerous. Why did God do that? I want you to know this, that we don't see till a few thousand years later that the Bible calls Jesus Christ the rock of our salvation and God struck him once and for all, for all mankind, for us to have the salvation that comes as a gift from the Father. God says, you're not gonna put Jesus back up on the cross again. He's the rock. Don't strike that rock twice. I'm doing something over here. It's telling people that every time they sin, we don't have to put Jesus back up on a cross to die again. No, he died once and for all, for all mankind. Strike the rock once and take care of the people. Moses like, nah, we're going to do it twice. And it cost him dearly. I want you to recognize that just because you understand some of the ways of the Lord, understanding his ways and being obedient to his ways are two different things. Because sometimes what you know to be true about God gets revealed in a different way. This is why people get in a lot of trouble by just quoting scripture, but out of context or in the wrong place. They don't know which wisdom to apply to which spot. Real wisdom comes from being obedient. Obedience comes from intimacy with the father, from a healthy relationship between you and God. Wisdom is good. Obedience is better. Reminded of King Saul. The Bible says God chose him. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. That's where the name for the shampoo came from. King Saul. You're welcome. God makes him king over Israel. And then as God is giving him some instructions through the prophet Samuel, he says, I want you to go and strike this king Agag, and I want you to wipe them completely out, leave nothing alive. I want sheep killed. I want the, the cows killed, kill everything, wipe it completely out. Will you be obedient? Absolutely. I understand. And then what happens? Look at this, if you would, in 1 Samuel 15. Saul and his army let the king Agag live. That's disobedience. But look at this. They also spared the best sheep and the cattle. They didn't want to destroy anything of value. Hard stop. That's wisdom. Wisdom would say, God surely would never tell me to destroy anything of value. You still with me? You ever been in a place where you're like, surely God didn't mean that because there's value here. Reminded of a time where a woman approaches Jesus She breaks open an alabaster jar and pours this expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus and anoints him. And Judas says, "What what a waste. We could have taken that perfume and sold it and given it to the poor. You're not taking care of people. You're wasting money. Jesus says, you have no idea what you're talking about. Wisdom It's good, but obedience is better. You know, when the prophet confronts King Saul, he tells him, what what did you do? Wasn't I clear? You're supposed to wipe this completely out, but yet there he is. I told you, wipe him out. And what's all this sheep? What are those cows? Look at this. It says, they only killed the animals that were worthless and weak. And the Lord told Samuel, Saul has stopped obeying me. I'm sorry that I made him king. See, disobedience that's danger for us as believers. When we know what God has called us to do, but we're being disobedient and we're saying, but it's wisdom, but I know better, but this is smart. Of course, King Saul says, wait a minute, I was gonna sacrifice these to the Lord. These are these a are good thing. I wasn't just gonna kill them now, I'm gonna kill them later and do it in, as, I'm, I, was, I was gonna tithe. It's, it's for Jesus. I'm not really being disobedient, it's just, it's a better way. I'm sure that no one in this room has ever done that. Lord, I know you asked me to do that, but this is better. This is honoring to you. Is it? Or is it honoring to you? Saul tells him this. He so I did this for the Lord. Samuel looks at him and says, wait a minute. This ain't about sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I want you to see this. I'll put it up on the screen. Sacrifice says no to self. Obedience says yes to God. Now, is there wisdom in saying no to yourself? Sure. Every, every year in January, you start a diet. There's wisdom in that. Let me take a little of the chunky off. I get it. That's wisdom. But that's why we're that, uh, diet and fasting is not the same thing. Fasting is about intimacy with the Lord, diet's about taking some weight off. I get it. Is there wisdom there? Sure. But that's not being obedient. You see, we can make sacrifices and not have God involved at all. And it's a good thing? Sure. But obedience is much different. It's understanding that this is what God said, and I'll do it because God said it. Sacrifice says no to self. Obedience says yes to God. It's not, it's not saying that, that saying no to myself is wrong. Just saying saying yes to God is better. Here's the second key I want to make sure that you understand, how to relieve the tension between wisdom and obedience. Is this smart? Isn't this good? Isn't this the right thing to do? This is what everybody is saying is the right thing. I get it. And God's like, wait a minute. Have you asked me? What would I say? Here's the second key. Wisdom makes a lot of sense. Obedience hardly ever does. That's a big difference between the two. Somebody with some gray in your hair, you can say amen right there. Wisdom makes a lot of sense. People will cheer you on. Man, that was so wise. How did you do that? So good. So good. And then you step out in radical obedience and they're like, whoa. I don't know him. No, uh, he, he's, he's a little weird. I, I, I don't understand that at all. People will cheer you along when you're making wise choices. And by the way, that's a good thing. But then there's the radical obedience part that doesn't make a lot of sense until later. Think about this. There's, there's a ton of examples in Scripture. Think about Noah. Is it wise to build an ark for a flood when rain hadn't even come on the earth yet? What are you doing? Building a boat. What's a boat? It floats because there's coming a flood. What's a flood? It's when a lot of rain comes down. What's rain? After a while, you're like, that dude's crazy. Decade after decade after decade of obedience. Saved him and his family. Think about Naaman. Naaman was the powerful military uh, leader and he gets leprosy. His, his skin is falling off and it, it, it's a death sentence. He goes to the prophet Elisha and Elisha says, just run down here to the river, dip yourself seven times and you're gonna be fine. I'll see you later. He's like, wait a minute. Look at that water. I mean, that, that's not even as clean as the Sabine. This is Louisiana water. I can't, no, there's gators in there. Can you imagine being part of his team? They're like, bro, you have leprosy and you're too good to get in that? Your skin is falling off, bro. Get down there and be obedient. Like, no, there's better rivers over here. Like, don't let your bouginess keep you from a miracle, somebody. Come on. Radical obedience is often the key component in miracles. It's obedience. It's not saying, wait a minute, it's wiser to do it this way. No, 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 no. It's wiser to do it God's way. What is God saying? I need wisdom. You need obedience. Think about this when the disciples came and asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And he tells them all this about how to pray. And they're like, Lord, increase our faith. He said, you don't need faith. You need obedience. Just do it. Nike, Jordan. Case in point. Radical obedience is often the key component in the miraculous. You sound like you don't believe me. Think about this. Uh, Elisha talks to a a widow woman. He says, can you spare me a drink? can Can you make me something to eat? And she makes a statement. And by the way, if you'd have heard this conversation, you would have never gone to his church. This is cruel. How dare you speak like this to a widow woman? She said, I don't have anything. Just got enough for one small loaf of bread for me and my kids to eat, and we're about to die. We've been starving. This is the last of everything that we had. He's like... Give it to me first. Are you serious? Doesn't that seem cruel? Doesn't that seem strange? And yet, she obeys, and the miraculous happens. I'm telling you, wisdom is good. Obedience is better. Obedience opens the doors for the miraculous. Obedience might help you uh, to do things you could never possibly do on your wisest day. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And we, get, we tend to get lost in our head. Lord, give me some wisdom. Give me some wisdom. Give me some wisdom. Lord, say, I'm trying to give you wisdom. It's called obedience. Do what I told you to do. I found this to be true in my own life. Uh, there's been many, many times in my life that I, that I needed a lot of wisdom and asked for wisdom and got wisdom and helped me to make some good choices. Uh, but the best decisions of my life are not made from Wisdom. They're made from radical obedience. There's a reason why I live in Longview, Texas. I'd never even heard of Longview, Texas before the Lord asked me to move here. I don't know you. I didn't know anybody here. I don't have family here. Bring my children out of their environment with their friends and out of a church that we love and a church family that knows and loves and supports us to, to walk away from all that because God said so? Yes. Was that wise? Looks like it now, don't it? Was it at the time? No. It's not wisdom. It's obedience. As a matter of fact, I found this to be true for my life. I want to put put this on the screen so you see it. The more I obey, the more people think I'm wise. Same is true for you. The more you obey, the more people say, man, you're you're a wise person. (laughs) I ain't got a lot of wisdom. If you're coming to this church looking for the wisdom of Pastor Tim, I ain't got a lot. (laughs) Sorry. What I will tell you is, we're going to have a great time. Amen. We're going to laugh inappropriately. Amen. And I'm going to tell you stories about radical obedience. See, obedience is proof that you trust God whether you understand or not. Yes. This is what I wish I could communicate to a lot of believers who are getting lost in a place where I need to know more. Tell me what to do. 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 And then you hear something from God, you're like, help me understand. Help me understand. Help me understand. Obey. The Lord never asks us to understand. As a matter of fact, he tells us in multiple scriptures, my ways aren't your ways. Thoughts aren't your thoughts. I want you to trust me. You'll understand later. I love those scriptures where Jesus says, hey, what I'm doing right now, you don't understand. You'll will later. It'll make sense later. What I'm doing right now, you just need to watch and learn and obey. Do as I do. How many times have you had those conversations with your children? They don't get it yet, but this is important. They'll need this later on in life. And those things pay off. The Lord is a good father, still speaking to his children. And the more you obey, the more it looks like wisdom. Here's the last thing I want to encourage you with. Uh, As I'm looking at all these stories of these amazing, wise people in the Bible and how they did stupid things, how they disobeyed and missed out on the great miraculous things of God sometimes because of their disobedience I think there's no hope for me these people like Moses got a burning bush and got the plagues of Egypt and disobeyed that don't leave a lot of room for me I don't have any of those what hope do I have of ever not creating tension between me and the Lord what hope do I have of not being disobedient and losing it and missing out on all the things that God has for me What hope does does any of us have? I want to show you a powerful scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that shows us the beauty of the gift that God gave us through Jesus. Point number three is this. Jesus became wisdom for me. I'm not telling you today that it's wrong to ask for wisdom. I'm telling you, Jesus became wisdom for you. Look at this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, and because of him, him being God, God the Father, because of God's great gift, you are in Christ Jesus. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the the Savior of your life, here it is. You are in Christ Jesus who became to us, look at the next three words, somebody say it with me, read it on the screen, wisdom from God. It's not a typo. Because of God's great gift through Christ, Jesus became wisdom from God, along with our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. Now, if you are in Christ, let me tell you, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We are redeemed. Somebody say amen. That's a good, good thing to think about. I am redeemed. He's our salvation. He purchased our salvation on the cross. That means I ain't got to go to hell, and neither do you. Thanks be to God. I don't have to go to hell. He's redeemed my life. He has saved me. He said he's your righteousness. That means that God no longer looks at me and sees all of my sin. He sees the blood of Christ. And we love those things, but we forget that there's a fourth. Wisdom. Not only did Jesus purchase your life back from the grave, not only does he give us a path to heaven, he bought Wisdom for us with his blood. Think about that. It leads me to this point that my hope is not in what I know, but in who I have living inside of me. You've got Jesus who died on the cross to not just save you from your sins, but to give you the wisdom that you need through his obedience so that you can obey. It leads us to this. Second Corinthians chapter 10 So now we can demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient, not to me, obedient to Christ. That means every thought that I have in my head, all of my wisdom, I said, Lord, let it obey you. So you show me what is wisdom because you're the source of my wisdom. I will be obedient. Wisdom comes from you. You are my wisdom. If you're living inside of me, that helps me to trust you more. Jesus became wisdom for me. You see, wisdom that is not obedient to Christ is not wisdom. That's good advice, maybe. Wisdom has to be submitted and obedient to Christ before it works. So wisdom is good, obedience is better. And Jesus bought and became wisdom for us. So here's here's the point. Now I want to boil it down to this. This is my my hope for you, my challenge for you this year is not that you would come to a church on Sunday morning and, and hear from the Lord or hear through someone else to hear what God is saying. That's really not biblical. My job according to Second Timothy is to equip you to do the work that God has called you to do. Jesus is very clear in John chapter 10. He said, my sheep hear my voice. That means if you call yourself a sheep, if you call yourself a child of God, if you call yourself a son or a daughter of God, you absolutely can hear from God for yourself. My job is to challenge you to do it, to teach you how to do it, to push you and to do it. I will do whatever it takes to get you to hear from God. And here's the thing. I don't want you to just hear from him. I want you to obey him. Amen. Obey him. Because that's going to be there for you when I'm not. If we don't know how to hear from God and be obedient to God, we're going to spend our whole life asking for wisdom from somebody else. You're going to count on the wisdom of everybody else to tell you what you should or should not do. Let me just tell you, his sheep hear his voice. You absolutely can hear from God. So I want to show you this. I'll put this on the screen. Most people don't disobey God because they hate him. They disobey because they don't know how to hear him. I don't know how. Here's the good news. As believers, as those that have put our faith and trust in Christ, Jesus became wisdom for you. That means this, that you have all the wisdom you need to obey God today. I wanna put this on the screen so you can see it. You have all the wisdom that you need to obey God today. Why? Because of Christ. So stop hungering and thirsting for more wisdom And say, God, I have the wisdom I need because you're living in my heart. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I don't need to understand. I'm going to be obedient. Let me tell you, if you're waiting around to understand what God is doing, good luck. He doesn't have to explain himself to you. And often, he doesn't. But he asks us to obey. So I want to finish up with this. As we're finishing up, I want want to give you a chance to hear from the Holy Spirit today. I want you to know that when you came to church today, when you chose to worship the Lord, you start cleaning the filter of your mind. Just like the rain is falling on our world right now, just washing away a lot of stuff. The rain of God's presence clears away a lot of the junk and you get steel. Our worship team led us into the presence of God so well today and we just got quiet before the Lord. We say, Lord, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power forever. Your name say it all. It's about you, it's about you, it's about you. Lord, be exalted. It's about your presence. Just let me be in your presence, God. In those moments, man, when the filter gets clean and the heart gets right, you begin to pour out your praise and thanksgiving to God, God begins to speak and it don't sound like you anymore because the filter is clean. And in this moment, you can absolutely hear from God. So I want to encourage you, will you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And if you're serious about what I'm saying today, if I've stirred you up in any way, if I've done my job correctly today, you're going to hear from God by simply praying this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to challenge you. Would you pray that prayer? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? For those of you that are watching at home, I want to invite you to join us. Right there on your phone, on your iPad, wherever you're watching us from. I want to invite you to pray that prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Now, would you grab your cell phone? I I bet every person in this room within the sound of my voice has a cell phone. Grab your cell phone, open it up, open up your notes section, get a brand new page if you would clean page? Grab your phone, wherever you take notes, get a clean page. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit two questions. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to stop doing? Is there any part of my life that is being disobedient to you? Is there anything you want me to stop doing? Holy Spirit, I pray you would speak right now. What should I stop doing? And now write what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Come on, you know. Don't argue with it. Don't try to understand. Write what he says. It doesn't have to make sense. Just write. Holy Spirit, what would you have me stop doing? Good, good, good. Some of you are writing so much, I'm curious. Maybe it's been a while. Now, put a pause on that really quickly. Finish up with question number two. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to start doing? What do I need to start doing? Listen and write. Father, I pray that right now, That we would be more than just hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word. That we would admit to ourselves that you are absolutely still speaking to your children. You're speaking to us. You're calling us not to understand. You're calling us to obey. Jesus, you are my wisdom. I choose to obey. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you to pray a prayer. Very simply, it's this. Lord, I will obey. I will obey. I love you, Lord. I want to honor you. I want to do exactly what you've called me to do. I will be obedient to your word. I hear you speaking. I will obey. In an attitude of prayer, I think some of us today are saying, Pastor, if I'm going to be really honest with you, I don't really have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not really sure if I've ever given Jesus that place of my life. I'm not really sure if I have that whole Jesus thing worked out. Or maybe like me, you were away from God and you needed to come home. My friend, you're in the right place. If you want a relationship with Jesus, I wanna lead you in a prayer. If you need to come back to Jesus because you've been away from him for a long time, I wanna lead you in the same prayer. You need to pray this prayer. So right where you are with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'll tell you what to say. I wanna invite you to pray with me. Right where you are, pray this prayer with me. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came, you died, and rose again so that I could have life and forgiveness for my sins. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, my boss, my Savior. Will you forgive me of my sins? Use me, Lord, for whatever you want. In Jesus' name, I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if you're, if you're willing to say, hey, Pastor, I actually prayed that prayer. I did that. I prayed that prayer with you. Let me just see your eyes for just a moment. Would you look up at me? Then slip up your hand all across this place. That was me. I did. I prayed that prayer. Good. I prayed that prayer with you. Anyone else today? I prayed that prayer, Pastor. I'm not ashamed or afraid to admit it. I did it. If you're watching from home also, we're so proud of you. There's a number that's appearing on your screen. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll text the words, I pray, to that number. If you actually pray that prayer, text that number. And I'm gonna send you some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what you're gonna wanna do next. It would be my greatest honor to help you to know Jesus better, to become what God has called you to be. So that God can use your life to make a difference. I'm proud of you. Good for you. rich family, go ahead and look up at me then stand to your feet all over this place if you would. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today and I pray that if you're watching online or maybe you're here and if you have a social media account, if you're watching this online, would you do us a huge favor? My ask of you today is that you would share this message with your friends. I think people need to learn how to hear God. So would you share this online? Click the share button and comment. Mr. Lincoln's back there and he's moderating today he would love to hear where you're watching from love to connect with you love to pray for you if you need anything uh prayed for for those of us that are here i'm going to have our elders and their wives step forward and we're going to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer about we would love nothing more than to pray for you i recognize that sometimes it's a difficult thing for many people to stand up in front of the church and go get prayer and you're worried about what people might think of you i'm sorry you're gonna have to get over it but for some of us you've been in a place that's so desperate you don't care anymore And you recognize that there's a lot of people that are not thinking something different of you. They're actually cheering you on because we've all been there at some point, needed some help. And if you'll get past your pride, I believe God will meet you here. You know, radical obedience is often the key component in the miraculous. So the opportunity is yours. We're gonna be here as the service finishes to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. We would love nothing more than to pray for you. For everyone else, let me just say thank you again for your generosity and for tuning in live. I wanna pray for you as we go. Father, would you bless my friends with an amazing week, following after you and being obedient to your word, no matter what, in Jesus' name. And all of us said together, amen. God bless you as you go. Have a great day.
0: Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.